today. But I want you to understand, mark my words. In the next 12 months, you are about to see God taking you beyond. And as a prophet in this house, this is the word God told me and asked me to encourage my believers. And I have to give you a timeline in Jesus' name. It is not my words, it is the words of God. And in the next 12 months, God is going to take you beyond what you are, your circumstances. Today, I want to bring your attention towards a sermon that I've been preparing and talking to God. And God has been answering my prayers here. It's something that that I'm going to talk and conclude our sermon series here. It's titled as Beyond You. Beyond You. You know, um, it was uh, a week ago that I was uh, traveling with a friend of mine to a wedding. And while I was there, you know, um, one of the words that my friend was uh, saying, and I caught that word and I wrote it down on my, on, my, on my phone that this should be, or this is what God is wanting to tell or talk to our church during this weekend. And he said, you know what, Pastor Justin, this is beyond me. I don't think I can do it. I don't think it is possible with me and that's when even though the brother was talking to me in the car journey God started talking to me sometimes in life situations you know he will put you in a place where you realize it's beyond me it's beyond me how many times you have uh, 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 you know uh, surrounded yourself with opportunities but still at that moment you realize you know it's, it can be done with me it is beyond my ability it is beyond last week we talked about it's beyond my capacity it is beyond me it's beyond my strength and my ability I can do it do you think I can I can do that no I don't think so so today I want to help somebody here on a Sunday morning when we gather to together I want to encourage you I want to lift up your soul because a week long you are engulfed in many places but today when we gather together in this space I want to encourage some people in this building today because the word of the Lord says you know what I am going to help you I am going to be on your side and about beyond you your imagination beyond your thoughts beyond your ability beyond your capacity sometimes we think oh, my educational qualification does not fit me where I am in. But can I tell you something? My God does not see that. He sees your availability. He looks into your life and you say, are you available? I will make you able if you are available in that position, in that situation. Hallelujah. I am just one minute into our preaching and I'm already fired up over here. I think I'm pre preaching better than your praise today. Hallelujah. Some folks are still, uh, uh, slowly warming up because almost six months of quarantine. And I'm going to make everybody say amen today. That's, that's me, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 to 11 is where I want to camp for some time. 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 to 11. This is how it goes. I'm going to read it for you. It says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. Paul is writing and addressing to the Corinthian church, exhorting his brothers and brethren and families of the Corinthian church. And he is helping them understand, brothers, I want you to know the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. 
Can I tell you something? A real leader will never keep showing himself as that he's the most successful or he's the most strongest person walking around. A true leader will show you how vulnerable he or she is. Are you with me? Are you with me? A true leader leading a group does not need to show that. And especially in a culture today, we want to portray somebody as a leader, he or she who shows how much and how strong and able the person is. We don't want to. The moment we know the flaws of that person, we automatically zone off. We tune off. We walk away. We can't accept that person as a leader because we see flaws in them. Are you with me? But here in the story, Paul is exhorting the, the church, the New Testament church in Corinth. And he's saying that, brothers and sisters, I want to let you know that the gospel that we were about to take does not come freely. There are price paid by individuals. That it was, it didn't just happen, but when we wanted to take the gospel to Asia, the province of Asia, we had to go through sufferings of all kinds. Are you with me, somebody? Hallelujah. People who are involved in ministry will always understand the suffering and the trials you have to go through when you carry the word of the Lord. Can I get some witnesses? When you carry the word, into a place that has never received the word. When you carry the word into a place who has never accepted Christ as the personal savior. It could be your school. It could be your workspace. It could be any organization or it could be a city. You will always feel the backlash coming against you. Always no one understand when you have the backlash coming against you because you were doing what God has asked you to do. You are on good company with the early apostles and the disciples because they will turn back and let us know. You know what? When we took the word of the Lord to province, when we took the word of the Lord to Rome, when we took the word of the Lord to Athens, it did not come so easy. We had to go through shipwrecks. We had to go through persecution. We had to go to betrayal. We had to go through scenes and scenarios when people just outcasted us. But can I tell you, just because somebody turned their back on me, does not mean I won't do what God has asked me to do. I will continue to hold this word as the living word of the Almighty God and take it further in the places God is taking me. Are you with me, church? During this season, time and age, God has placed us in places where He wants us to be the carriers of God's Word. And that's why Paul is addressing and helping his brother and know, you know what, brothers and sisters? There is more hard work behind it. Some of us who are here in this building, can I tell you, there are people who work in this church behind the scenes. They don't want pulpit at all. They don't want any pulpit glory at all. They don't want, they don't like me addressing or taking their names. Yesterday night, there were a bunch of people working behind the scenes, sanitizing and helping our kids ministry and all that until almost 11.30. I am glad there are people who do it because I believe God's work is not easy. Somebody has to, you know, I love uh, Hillsong Church's senior pastor, Pastor Brian Houston would always say this. One of his famous quotes is that church is not built on the talents of many, but on the sacrifices of few. Are you with me? 
almost 35 years ago when the Hillsong started as a church, as a small congregation in, in, in Australia. Today it is spreading around the world like a wildfire. Why? Because the pastor believed one thing and he helped his congregation to understand church is not believed, made. Church is not built on the talents of many, but on the sacrifices of few. Hallelujah. I am thankful for a good group of people that sacrifice your time, your resources, your energy, your finances and everything that you're putting together because you are not building your kingdom, you're building His kingdom. Hallelujah. One pastor stood up on one morning, Sunday morning and he said, you know what, let's build this kingdom. Let's build this kingdom. Let's build this kingdom. Hallelujah. Let's build this kingdom. I think the pastor wanted to say, let's build God's kingdom. But he said, let's build this kingdom. One opportunity got up in this audience and he said, God, you know, you know, don't build your kingdom. God already has one. Are you with me? Today, when I look into all the online churches and services and media, which is all good, I love it, I enjoy, you know, all that we are getting to do during this season. But understand something. We are a church out on the block in Richardson and there are many churches in our neighborhood. If we become one as the God's kingdom, then we are really working as a church. And if we are trying to do that, this is my kingdom, you're failing, failing God himself. Paul is exhorting the Corinthian church and is helping them understand, brothers and sisters, I want you to know that ministry doesn't come easy. Somebody has to pay the price. Somebody has to take the word. Somebody has to walk that mile. It's not easy. When you go through persecution, it's not easy. I have mentioned this our church many, many years ago. And today I want to, I, I wrote it down that I don't forget. Many years ago as a young pastor, you know, when we planted a church uh, in our part of, uh, in the outskirts of Bangalore, some people who are from Bangalore would understand in Nalmangla area when we planted a church, a, a small gathering, we received a lot of persecution. We wanted to do a outside camp meeting, a, a kind of a outreach event that we wanted to do. Uh, I, I, you know, my church was ready, my team was ready. You know, my dad was coming, and our worship team was already there. Our PA system, mics, and everything was already there. But around 250, 300 people gathered together. They broke our vehicles. They they hit our, our worship leaders. They persecuted our church and everybody. And I reached there wearing a white shirt, typical pastor, white. And they think that he is the pastor in charge. And one of the guys took a knife on my, on my neck and he said, get out of this place. I'm leaving you only because you are a boy. Thank you that you left me because I was a boy. Even today, I can't stand boldly in front of whosoever comes against the word of the Lord because God gave me the strength that day. He slapped me and he said, get out of this place. You know, I was humiliated in front of, you know, almost 300 plus people and a couple of my, my, my worship team members who were waiting for me to come. If my dad had come, they would have uh, killed him at that time. I left that city. I left that city. And I mentioned it at Zion Church the first time I ministered here in 2014. But I, uh, 2015. When I left that city, when I left, left that town, I knelt down. I stopped my moped and I knelt down and I prayed, Lord, for your word's sake, they have persecuted your church. They have humiliated me. But I made a, a bold declaration. I said, you know what, God, I will not 
shy away because somebody said something bad. Father God, I will not shy away because somebody had the audacity to keep their knife on my neck. But I declare in Jesus' name, in one year's time, God, the same spot where they persecuted us, we will start a church service. One year later, one year later, just few yards away, few meters away, where the incident has taken place, right? Right next to a Muslim temple, a mosque. Some of the Muslim brothers, Muslim brothers came together and told us, you know what? We have this wake inside. Would you want, do you want to start your services? God can open doors in places where you don't think. All he needs you to do is, are you available? In that moment, I stood there with my parents and with my family and with our worship team and said, God, this is the moment that I get to worship you because a year ago, the story was different. But in a year's time, heaven changed everything around us. In a year's time, systems had to change. In a year's time, I am here to declare my God will work beyond your ability. All he sees is, are you available? Put all your strength. Put all and everything that you have in the hands of God and he will never disappoint you. You trust in man. You trust in the systems of the world. It's going to disappoint you. But you trust in God. He's always on your side. This morning, I want to encourage us. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers. There are very few that I can call and let them know, pastors, brothers, sisters. You know, I am going through a hard time. There are very few in ministry. Because usually people don't want their pastor to let anybody know that, Pastor, are you going through a hard time? And some people honestly don't care at all. <laughs> That's an interesting time when we live in. But here Paul has, has a trust with the Corinthian church. When he's exhorting them, he's letting them know, Brothers, I want to let you know, I don't want you to be uninformed. Because the work that goes over here is painful. It is hours of work behind the scenes. It is hours and hours of sitting in the presence of Almighty God. It is hours and hours kneeling down, crying out. Literally your carpet soaks with tears because you are standing in the gap of what God wants to do. Are you with me church? Not everybody understands. And even some folks who are watching us online too. I know you might be, not, may, may not be part of this church, but in your church, wherever you are joining, your pastor, your leadership, your workmen in the church are sacrificing. It doesn't come just like that. But even in the midst of that, Paul is exhorting and letting them know we were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despair even our very life. Verse 9. I love it. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. But this happened. Listen, but this happened. Whatever happened in your life during this season, the last six months or in the years, but this happened. I want you to underline that entire scripture there or write down or take notes today. I am here to declare. You can mark down today's date and time. In the next 12 months, you are about to see the God of beyond working in your life. This happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. 
every time we, when we rely on ourselves, we fail. We fa it could be our education. We are afraid, we are scared because you're relying on yourself. I don't, I'm not saying don't study and just go blindly appear for your exams. My brother used to do that. <laughs> do your part. Do your part. And then know that God is working beyond your ability. Do your part in that business deal. Do your part. Today in the end of our service, I want to pray for Christian and, and the business venture he's starting up. Yesterday now we were making a lot of fun, um, you know, with Christian. But uh, today we, we, we want to pray together because I believe God starts things small. Small garden called Eden. And just two people, Adam and his Miss Madam. And God said, be fruitful and multiply. Everything that God starts, starts small. Are you with me? It's the devil who will come, hype it up, and he will start it big, and everything just blasts away. But when God is God starting something new in your life, is God, is God instilling some new hope in your life for a new season, a better season? Baby, I tell you, it's going to come to fruition in the next 12 months. I declare it. I declare it. Why do you limit yourself? Right? This happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. How many times we have walked into places relying on our information. Your information is real good, but it won't help you succeed any further. You need God in that moment. Who raises the dead? Oh, I love the scripture. Paul is helping the Corinthian church here and letting them know, you know what? We don't rely on ourselves, but we rely on God. Who is this God? The God who raises the dead. Are you with me, church? Man, when I was reading the scripture, it just encouraged me because the scriptures help us to understand in the midst of death and deadly situations or even in the midst of things that you thought will never come back alive, those gone dreams, those dead dreams, I declare in Jesus' name, dream again, it will come to life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Dry bones is about time to wake up. Dead bones is about time to wake up. Scattered bones is about time to come back. Ligaments is about time to come back. And in Jesus' name I declare, everything that was dead and gone, people might have written you off. But can I declare, you were not buried, but you were planted in the garden of God. And He's bringing life in your situation today. Paul is exhorting the church and letting them know. You know what, brothers, I want to let you know that we had to go through a lot of suffering. We endured it. We had to go through. There was a death sentence. But can we tell you, we didn't rely on ourselves. We relied on God. The same, very same God who raises the dead. I love it. Can I tell you, what, 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 just look into your own self today. What are those dead dreams, dead hope? You think it won't work out. You think it won't come back to life at all. That relationship, it's not going to work out. It will. You give it a try. Give it a try. It will work out. Because you're not relying on yourself. You're relying on the work of God Almighty. Are you with me? The more you start relying on God. We, we don't do that. Let's go ahead. Verse 10. He has delivered us from a deadly peril. 
and he will deliver us again. I love that translation where it says, he has delivered us in the past and he is going to deliver us once again. As you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in the answers and to the prayers of many. And that's where I want to camp for the next couple of minutes and help our church understand that even though most people can gather together to work together for a project within the ministry or the kingdom of God. But listen, 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 listen. There are areas where you can plant yourself in. Hallelujah. Definitely Paul and, and the other apostles and leaders took the word of the Lord to different provinces and because they did, because they did. A group of people from South India could gather together in this space. A group of people from Africa could gather together in this space because the apostles and the leaders were ready to take the word of the Lord in the unknown places. But listen, not everybody could do it, but everybody could do something different. And it, that's what I love the worst level. It says, and as you know, you have helped us. Your prayers have helped us. How many of you pray for your ministry leaders? I'm asking on the online platform too. You might be part of another church, but how many of you pray for your church ministry? How many of you pray, really pray for the ministry that happens on a Sunday morning? You know, the, the reason, the Welsh revival that started in Wales, England, they say that when the ministry was happening on the church on Sunday morning, there was a team of intercessors that was praying in the underground. Are you with me? I don't know if you have read that. But some of those portions just encourage me. Because there are a group of people coming together to declare, you know what, I am here to pray. I can't do anything else. Last week, Amachi called me and I was talking to the Amachi and Amachi said, Mone, I can't do much, but one thing I do, I pray. I am thankful that the church is not built on the talents of many, but the sacrifices of few. That you sacrifice your time. You sacrifice your time. You pay attention to hear from God. And you sit strong to pray for the ministry. That we, Father God, together will reach out to the unknown areas. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen. And that's why, as you know, uh, uh, your prayers have been helping us. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the graciousness, favor, the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. I'm requesting a praying church. I'm requesting praying members. I'm requesting a praying leadership. I'm requesting that let's arise together. Let's not forget the one thing that unites and keeps us going in the things that God wants us to do in this time and age is prayer and nothing else. Is prayer and nothing else. It works. You pray and see what does not work. Prayer works. You pray and see what does not work. What is your struggle today? Give it to the hands of God in all of your struggles and supplication. Give it to the hands of God. Listen, as, as Paul is exhorting the church, this is how I want to tell you. If there no test, no testimony. No test, no testimony at all. Some of us want to share testimonies. And some people and their testimonies are really good. I don't want to go into details of that. Right? Really good testimonies that we have. But listen, people, you know, we sometimes need to know that only if we go through the test, we have a testimony coming through that. God will take us through that testing moments of life. But there are no tests that you can endure. 
Because He's the one who's leading us in those moments and despair times of life. Even are we, we at the moments of death, listen, no test, no testimony. Joel chapter 2 verse 11 says, The Lord thunders at the head of His army. His forces are beyond number. And mighty is the army that obeys the, His command. The day of the Lord is great and it is dreadful. Who can endure it? Who can endure it? A one who has their trust in God endures the day of the Lord. Somebody who has their whole faith put in God endures the day of the Lord. Why? Because it says the Lord thunders at the head of His army. His forces are beyond number. Sometimes you walk into places and you think that you are the only one. You have not looked behind you. There's a whole army leading you. There are places sometimes we walk into and we think that I, th I don't think my, my qualification fits. My resume does not fit. But can I tell you, heavenly host is leading you in those places. Heavenly host is I don't know why I'm sharing this, but somebody needs to know this season in your life. You might be the only one in that place, but don't be dismayed because God is on your side. And Bible says, if God is with me, who can be against me? Judges chapter 6 verse 11 to 15. Judges chapter 6 verses 11 to 15 is an interesting scripture for uh, one of my favorites in the whole Bible as we look into that scripture here. And it says, the angel of the Lord, it's the story of Gideon here. It says, the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak in Oprah and, and that belonged to Joash the Abizarite. Where his son Gideon, listen to this, was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the, the Midianites. The Midianites, the people of Midian, right? They always came to oppress the land of the Israelites. They always came to destroy the crops of the Israelites. They always came to destroy the work of the Israelites. Every time when it is harvest time, every year when it is harvest time, the Midianites would come and camp around Israelites and Israel and they will destroy the crops and the harvest of Israelites. They work, I mean, people who have worked in your backyard, like most, like most of our uncles and aunties here, People who have, you know, did some sort of krishi, right? It is hard work. It is hard work. But listen, after one year's hard work, you don't want somebody to just come and destroy your work because you have paid the price for it, right? You have worked hard to keep it all safe. You worked hard because these crops are used within the family. This harvest is used for the nation's economy. This harvest is... It's, it's, it's not easy. There was a lot of hard work for it. And that's why it says, and Gideon was so scared that he was threshing wheat in a wine press. What is he threshing? He's threshing wheat in a wine press. Wine is used, right? Grapes are used in the wine press. But here is a guy who's so scared about the Midianites and all he has done. So all he could do is to just gather together that harvest, the wheat that he had, and he took it to the wine press. 
and he's threshing it there. He's so scared. And it makes me understand there are many people here who are working and you're working that nobody will notice you. You're so scared of life. You're so scared of doing things. Fear has captured you and paralyzed you. Fear has not allowed you to, you know, uh, unleash your wings and fly above because God wants you to do that, my friend, today. Hallelujah. And you see in the story here, Gideon is so scared. And he is, is, is so scared that he, this is what he does. He's, he's threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. I love verse 12. It says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I love that scripture. And every time I'm in a very low, uh, the lowest of my, uh, uh, you know, uh, things that I get to do when I'm very low in, in times, you know, this is one of the scripture that helps me to navigate in those moments. It helps us to understand the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Where is Gideon right now? He's scared for his life. He's scared for the life of his family. He's scared in everything that they are doing. He's scared. He's afraid. He's threshing wheat in the wine press so that nobody will know. But even in those given moments and situations, when the angel of the Lord appeared, the angel did not call him and tell him, hey, you know what, Gideon, I know you're scared. I know you're afraid. Don't worry. I will help you. But the angel of the Lord came and addressed Gideon, mighty warrior. You know what, this, this, is, this is what happens. When you start relying on God, you start hearing the words of God as an affirmation in your life. You're not what you say about yourself, you are what God says about you. Some people, the moment you have a migraine headache, you will say, oh my God, I need to do MRI, I need to do that. I am going to die with this. No, you are not going to die just because you had a headache. Just because you had a season in the hospital, I am here to declare into the life of some people, you are not going to die. You will live and glorify God. We are scared. We are scared in situations. And that's why when the angel of the Lord appears, the angel of the Lord says, yeah, Gideon, the Lord is with you. And if the Lord is with you, you are not a coward anymore. You are a mighty warrior. I'm about to change your life situation because thus far you were a coward. You ran away. You just did what pleases you. You just relied on your own abilities and strength. But today I declare in the name of Jesus, when you start relying on God, He is going to back you up and He's going to lead you. You're not by yourself. You're the host of heaven. And the host of all heavenly army is leading you. And that's why the angel of the Lord calls Gideon and says, you know what, you are a mighty warrior. Husbands and wives who are sitting right next to each other, touch them, give them a pat on the back and encourage them and let them know you are a mighty warrior. Come on somebody. You are a mighty warrior. Friends, you can do among yourselves too. You are a mighty warrior. You will conquer in the things God has given you. The test that God is taking you through, God is going to give you victory because no test, no testimony. 
And I want our church to practice the habit of testimony. Because when God, what God is leading you through this season, it could help somebody else when they go through that season because of your testimony. Are you with me? Don't shy away from sharing your testimony. So, you know, once a brother said, you know, I have no testimony. I asked him why I was not a drug addict. I was not into pornography. I was not, I did not do any of these things. So I don't have a testimony. Brother, sister, you accepted Christ as your personal savior is the biggest testimony of your life. And every single day you walking alive, breathing the air that God has provided is the testimony of your life. Every single second you get to greet somebody as you wake up in this world is a testimony itself. Testify about God, what he has done. He has led your family. Here in the story, Gideon had to go through those testing moments because God was establishing a testimony in him. Verse 13, again, Gideon is, is, is letting God know, God, you know what? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? And I believe this is the story of many others here, many people here. If God is really with us, why is COVID-19 prevailing? If God is really with us, why did I fail in that business? Why did I fail in that exam? Why? We ask a lot of questions to God. God, why did all of this happen? And sometimes we ask too many questions. God is like, hold up. Be quiet and know I am still God. I did not change my position because COVID-19 came into existence. I did not change my position because you had to go through some trialing times. I let you go through what you went through so that you will come out as a triumph, as a champion, as a warrior in Jesus' name. What are you facing today? What are you going through today? Are you with me? What are you going through today? Can I tell you, you're going through what you're going through because you're coming out not as a failure. You're coming out as a victor. Israelites had to go through the Red Sea so that they will cross over and Deborah will pick up the harp and say, you know what? The Lord has been faithful to generation to generation. He has led us to the Red Sea. We have come out of it. We are victorious warriors in Jesus' name. Are there some Deborahs in this house? who will pick up the heart within your house and start praising God for the moments and times and years that He has led your family. Are there some Gideons here who would say, God, yes, of course, I was afraid, I was scared, but I know and I believe today that you are with me. Hallelujah! Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did the Lord not bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us in this land of Midian. Listen, God has already given you. You have what you need. Verse 14, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have. Gideon asked the Lord, Lord, Lord I, I, this family, all that I'm going through, don't you see it? If you, still, if, you are, if you are the God, why did I have to go through this? Why is Midianites coming and destroying our, our crops, our heart? Why is Midianites destroying our work, our labor and everything that we gather together for a year? And, and, and here God is saying, you know what Gideon, go in the strength that you have. Go in the strength 
that you have. Gideon might have asked God, God, you know what? I'm afraid. I am scared. And that's why God, God would ask you, go in the strength you have. What strength do you have, Gideon? He would say, God, the only strength that I have, that I am afraid and I can gather wheat in the wine press and I can continue to do what God has allowed me to do in this generation. There are people, just because they are scared, they won't do anything. They won't get out at all. They won't do anything at all. But here is a guy that we see in the Old Testament. He was afraid for his life, for his family. But even in those moments, he gathered what he had. And with the strength that he had, he started, you know, uh, threshing the wheat in the, in the wine press. In the wine press. When God asked him, go in the strength that you have. He might ask you, God, I don't have any strength. No, God would say, yeah, you do. You do have. If you didn't have any strength, you wouldn't have gathered your wheat. You wouldn't have gathered your wheat and start threshing it because that needs energy. That needs strength. It just doesn't happen just like that. Only a person who's involved in farming would know the techniques and the strength needed to gather Gather your wheat and take it to the wine press and start threshing it. It was not easy like today you have all the mechanical instruments, all the, all the, all the big uh, uh, stuff that we have where we can easily thresh it. But back in those days, it was a hard process. In the midst of his, him being afraid of, of losing what he had gathered together, he gathered it so that with the strength he had, he wanted to make his family live again. With the strength he had, he thought about the generation ahead of him. With the strength of he had, with the strength that he had, he thought about the congregation. With the strength he had, he thought about the people around him. With the strength he had. I know it is scary. I know it is scary during COVID to come to a church. I know it's scary. But even with the strength he had, he gathered together the wheat in the wine press. Gathered it together. And I love the portion where God says, go in the strength you have. And that's why I want to tell you, you have what you need in this time and age. You already have it. Many a times I would say, God, I, I, I don't think I can do what you have called me to do. But God would say, go in the strength you already have. You have it. You have it. Last week, um, you know, Anisha has been asking for a cycle, bicycle for many years. And last week I got her a bicycle. And she tells me that she knows how to ride. So I, I have never seen her. I've never seen her. But I, I loved it when she took the bicycle on our road. And I loved it when Josiah was seeing his mom riding the bicycle. He started cheering Anisha. He's like, go mama, go. go. I, I wanted to show that video. Can I show that video here? Anisha, she won't like it. <laughs> Josiah was, go mama, go. And he's like on top of his, top of his voice. I'm like, go mama, you can do it. You did it and he doesn't know how to do it but he is cheering for Anisha he is loving that moment when he sees his mom conquering her fear and she is taking off on the cycle he loves that moment sometimes God is looking at our life and he is cheering us you can do it you can do it I know you can you have what you need you already have it and that's why God looks into the life of Gideon and tells him Gideon my boy, you already have the strength you need to face your fear. Go in the strength. Can I have my worship team? Go in the strength that you already have. Go in the strength. 
go in that strength you already have and i have put it in you don't you know it look into your own family situation you already have brother and sister look into the life of your children today and let them know you already have it in you to face this world you already have it in you to face this world the other day i was taking aryana in my hands and I, you know there was a lot of atrocities that is going on in the world in in india right now uh, uh, among you know young girl uh, girl child children you know and i took my baby in my hand and i prayed aryana you have all you need and god has placed it in your life as a dad i anoint you as a dad i bless you you can take over this world are you with me church bless your children bless your children today some elderly parents bless the children of this church you have what you need and what you have is enough go in the strength niniko ola belatil nipo go in the strength that you have you will be a victorious warrior because god does not look to you and call you baby you're scared it's okay but god says you know what i am with you you go in the strength that you have and i will give you victory hallelujah listen he says gideon replies but how can i save israel my clan is the weakest in manasseh and i am the least in my family some people are talking about that some people are thinking about that i am the least important person nobody values me nobody values me at all can i tell you number one if you don't value yourself nobody is going to value you are you with me there are people that i want them to lead and to do i i don't want to build this church under one name justin sabu i don't want to and i'm not that kind of a pastor you're wrong i'm sorry i want everybody to join together and there are people that i am encouraging that brother sister you have it in you to lead the group you have it in you to speak up you have it in you where you lead demons will tremble hell will get nervous it's not in your ability but god has already instilled it in you go in the strength that you have today go in the strength that god has bestowed in your life go in the strength you are not a failure because somebody said you were a failure you are not a failure because systems fail you you are a victorious warrior go in the strength that you have when i was moving to dallas a pastor visited me from our indian community he lives in dallas he visited me and when i was telling him that pastor i'm making this big move today marks four years of us moving to dallas four years today is four years us moving to dallas i'm thankful for this four years journey that god has given in us on our life this pastor told me this word and i love the scripture because it was kind of an affirmation that he said go in the strength that you already have go in the strength that you already have this year marks seven years of me moving to the u.s and before i moved a pastor walked into our house and i love these scriptures i've never forget and the pastor said boy jesse money go in the strength that you have go in the strength i am here prophesying into some lives today and i am declaring in jesus name go in the strength that you have you might be the weakest your clan is never 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 acknowledged at all but today i am declaring in the name of jesus christ of nazareth today i am here to help somebody understand that go in the strength that you have go in the strength that you have go in the strength that you have and i am here to help somebody understand that when you do that my friend god is going to work in your life
all rise up in God's house. We all rise up in God's house. This moment, I want everybody to take and understand. No test, no testimony. No test, no testimony. And as we look into that scripture and understand, Lord, I am the weakest. My clan is not important. Nobody values me. Baby, baby, I want to tell you something today. Start valuing yourself. Look into the mirror and let them know. That. Let them, the person in the mirror, let the person in the mirror know, hey, you know what? I am not what I see right now. I'm going to see myself in the lens of the Almighty God. Through the eyes of God, I don't see myself as a failure. Through the eyes of God, I see myself as a conqueror. Through the eyes of God, I don't see myself as somebody who was rejected by many. Through the eyes of God, I see myself who is accepted by heaven. You are not what the world called you, my friend. You are what God calls you. You can go beyond you. Your limitations, your failures, your whatever baggages that you have has always limited you. But today I'm here to declare and help you understand. Go beyond you. Go beyond you. Go beyond you. As we're going to sing a song and worship God, I'll give online options that are available. And also people who are in this building, you want to drop in your hard cash. There are offering buckets at the end and you can do so. I'm going to pray right after we come back after our worship. But during this time, I want you to pay attention, give it to the Lord and ask the Lord, Lord, minister, help is what I need. Father, this moment I give myself away. I surrender in the presence of the Almighty God. I believe God. I couldn't do it by myself. The Bible says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Let's sing a song and worship God. And soon after that, I'll pray and conclude our service. Let's sing a song and give God the glory and honor.